Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us. We've got a ton to get to tonight. The border conference committees finally agreed to release a tentative deal with some, I'm going to stress some here, some border funding. We're going to talk to Senator Hogan who helped negotiate this deal in just a couple of minutes. But I, but I have to, I have to start with this tonight. Russia, 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 Russia. I mean, how tired of you, just sick and tired of hearing about Russia, 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 Trump is Putin's puppet, and blah, blah. I, mean, I could go on and on and on. I want you to take a moment, just think about how much airtime the fake news media, which now I think we can honestly dub as the enemy of the people, have spent pushing this narrative literally down your throat, Russia, 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 Trump, Putin, I mean, on and on and on. But today, NBC was almost forced, almost forced to report that after two years, 200 interviews and 300,000 documents that they've reviewed, meaning the Senate Intelligence Committee, the investigation has now shown that, which remember, this is bipartisan, so it's bipartisan, both Republicans and Democrats now say that there is no, nada, nothing, zero evidence of collusion, collusion between Trump and Russia. Let me just say that one more time. Zero, zilch, nada. No evidence of collusion between Trump and Russia, and yet we've wasted all this time, energy, and money for what? To divide our country. I mean, literally think about how much of this fake news media has divided our nation. And I think, again, that's why it's fair to make the assessment now to dub them. And I'm, again, I'm talking about the fake news people, the ones that fell hook, line, and sinker for this Russia, Russia, Russia deal as the enemy of the people. Then also today, Trump's initial defense attorney, Mr. Dowd, said, hey, Mueller is going to be a big nothing burger. He said Mueller may not even issue a report because it's going to be such a nothing burger. He also wanted to say, hey, the Mueller investigation, I'm quoting him here, one of the greatest frauds this country has ever seen. Folks, even if half of what I just shared with you bears out to be true, the facts, honest, I think it's stunning when you take a moment and think about how much of this whole conversation, this whole collusion conversation, has impacted the United States of America and continuing to divide the people here in America. So let that sink in. Earlier today, I had a chance to sit down with Senator John Hope when we did talk about this new budget border deal. They got $1.4 billion rather than the $5.7 billion that President Trump wanted. President Trump not happy about this deal. So I asked Senator Hovind about, hey, what's your take? What's next for this situation? Are you happy with this deal? We also did touch on this no Russia collusion, Mr. Dowd's comments about the Mueller investigation, and much, much more. Senator, welcome back to Point of View. I want to start with President Trump. Earlier today in a cabinet meeting, he actually reacted to uh, the border deal that you helped negotiate. I want to share with you some of his response and get your reaction, sir. Sure. Am I happy at first glance? I just got to see it. The answer is no, I'm not. I'm not happy. So President Trump says he's not happy with the deal that you helped negotiate. Your reaction? Well, we wanted more, too. We got as much as we could get. And I was up talking to the president last week, so I, I know where he's at. I know what he wanted. We got as much as we could. Um, so now we'll see what he wants to do. But, but again, th this is not going to be a one-step process like I told you before. So the question is, does he take the almost $1.4 and then take some other steps, move some money around like we've talked about before? 
or does he want to go with a continuing resolution? That would be less money, though, for the border. So we've got to work through the whole package. He's got to look through it, and then we'll see where we go from there. So I, I want to back up a moment. Mr. Hankers, we got as much as we got. I think many Trump supporters are out there going, hey, the guy wanted 5.7. We've been talking about building a wall. We're going right. from 200 miles now down to 55 miles. When you say you got as much as you got, many people are going to say, well, the GOP just No, as much as, we, as much as we, we got as much as we could get from the Democrats uh, in this negotiation. So really the other option would be to go to a continuing resolution, but under a continuing resolution, we would only get half a billion uh, for the border wall, whereas we got almost 1.4, almost three times that much here. And again, again, the president can decide what he wants to do. I mean, we want to get to 5.7. It's just how we get there. This, you know, so again, does he take this piece of it and then go from there? Or how does he want to proceed with it? But yeah, I want to get more too. I guess that's what I'm getting at, sir, to, is why do you feel like this is the best you could get? Why were you not able to get you know, at least half, the half of the 5.7. Because we can't get Democrats to agree to that. Uh, I think, you know, we, we, we went as far as we could in terms of getting them to agree to something. That's this 1.375 billion. <laughs> now, if, if the answer on that is no, then we'd go to what's uh, called a continuing resolution. But under a, a continuing resolution, we'd only get half a billion for the wall. So I think we've pushed it as far as we can, and now we just have have to decide how we want to approach it. We'll work with the administration on that. And again, I want to make sure we get to that 5.72. It's just how many steps is it going to take to get there. So let's talk about that because there's now talk that President Trump, rather than declaring a national emergency, will grab money from, uh, some are talking about the Army Corps of Engineers, for example. But I'm going to share with you what some White House officials are saying, hey, if he does this, it's going to create a firestorm. Some people in Congress are saying, hey, the president's going to encroach on the legislative branch's power, constitutional power, to appropriate funds. You're an appropriator. Are you okay if President Trump goes and starts to grab money to fund this border wall without it being legislatively appropriated? Well, like I said, we're going to work with them. I, I want to try to get to that 5.7. As I've told you before, I think that's going to take a few steps to do it, and that's what we're finding out. OMB's already been working on how they can move money around legally, so that's another aspect of it. And then, like you say, potentially there's the emergency declaration as well. And remember, there have been 58 different presidential declarations going all the way back to uh, President Carter. So, you know, we'll continue to work on these things, but we need to get that funding for the border barrier. But I guess my question is, are you okay from the standpoint that he's going to use executive powers, if you will, essentially, not an executive order, but executive powers yeah. to utilize those funds that have not been uh, appropriated by the legislative branch? Right. I think we're going to work with him to try to do that in a way that is legal and, you know, so that we can get that border barrier funding that we want. Do you consider this a win? I mean, I think when we when you had the Border Patrol in, they said, hey, Chris, we need eight to nine hundred miles of border wall. Now we're getting fifty five. Do you consider this deal a win, Senator? No, we want more. This is one, I'd say this is a down payment or one step in the process. No, we need to continue to do more and get more funding for border barrier. And as you know, I am very supportive of funding for the border barrier, and I'm going to continue to work on it as well. But you and I also both know that this has been, now this is going to hopefully uh, put money out to September 30th. We know from day one the reason they have not appropriated any money towards a barrier is because of the 2020 election. What makes you think you're going to get more in the future? Be, well, couple things just to 
a little perspective here too, uh, Chris, is remember his initial budget submission to us asked for 1.6 billion for the border, and this is almost 1.4. Then later it, it went up to the 5.7, right? So of the initial budget that we got, it was 1.6, this is 1.4. Nevertheless, I still think I we've got to try to get- I understand you know, that, sir. And I think you and I both know that when he heard about the 1.6, I think that was a Mulvaney uh, appropriation when he was doing more with the OMB, he was not happy about the 1.6. Right, which is why I agree we want to get to the 5.7. <laughs> yeah, I think we can. I, I am hopeful, but Chris, I am hopeful we can get there. I understand. It's not easy, just like, you know, this is uh, like, say, about 1.4 of it. This is hard work, and we got to keep working to get there. It'd be great if the Democrats had just up and say, oh, yeah, you can, you can have it, and that's that. But obviously, they're not doing that, so we're going to have to continue to work to get it, and that's what I'm going to do. All right, so I got to ask you about this. Some big news coming out today. The Senate Intelligence Committee, both Democrats and Republicans, you know, 200 interviews, two years, say, hey, there is no evidence, no evidence of collusion between Trump and Russia. Earlier today, President Trump's initial defense attorney, uh, Mr. Dowd, came out and said, and I'm quoting here, the Mueller investigation, one of the greatest frauds this country's ever seen. He's suggesting that Mueller may not even file a report because it's so ridiculous what this investigation has done. What have you learned through all this over the past two years, Senator? Well, number one, we haven't seen any uh, collusion. And as you know, uh, Senator Burr, uh, who, along with Senator Warner, headed the bipartisan intelligence, Senate Intelligence Committee investigation, came out and said, no evidence of collusion. And so, you know, I expect that that's what we'll see from the Mueller report as well. And hopefully that will enable us to, to move on. This has gone on too long and we need to get it wrapped up. Has it been a waste of m money and time? You know, I, I again, I, I Chris, I, I think the important thing at this point, I would say, is it it's gone on uh, too long. Pe people want it wrapped up, and I think that the sooner Mueller comes out and provides whatever he's got, the important thing is maybe that will help put closure on it, okay? I mean, if there's some value there, like I say, Burr's already come out and said, on a bipartisan base, they've, basis, they've investigated this for two years, no collusion. Um, you know, when Mueller comes out, maybe that will help kind of put an end to it, and then, again, let's, let's get back staying focused on what's important to the American people. Talking about people who are focused, that would be the NDSU Bison football team with all the national titles, sir. <laughs> I think it's incredible what you are doing, getting the team to go out to the White House. What's the latest? Do you have a specific date? What's going to take place when they go out there? We do. Uh, we've settled on March 4th, and uh, I talked to the president in person last week, and he was asking about some great questions about the Bison, like, well, can they beat Alabama? You know, and things like that. It was a lot of fun. We had a great time. But he said, he said, we are going to uh, basically put, you know, just a, a great, we're going to have a great event. I think that's how he said. We are going to have a great event for the Bison and that they are very deserving. And they are. I love it, sir. Thank you for getting it done. Hopefully they're even going to have Mickey D's and Wendy's as well. So we appreciate the time and the insight, Senator Hoven. Great job. You bet, Chris. Good to be with you. Thank you very much, sir. Very exciting stuff there with the Bison football team heading to the White House. All right, Giving Hearts Day is this Thursday. Today, I had the honor to visit with the youngest member ever of SEAL Team 6. His name is David Rogers. He served our country very, very well. Then went through some challenges. Actually, at one point, was even suicidal until he found out a way to really help and manage his PTSD. So now... He's out there to help more of our incredible veterans with maybe some challenges that they're going through. So here's my interview with David Rogers from the Healing Vets Initiative.
David, great to have you here. Thank you so much for your service. We appreciate it. God bless you. And let's talk a little bit about your story. At one point, youngest Navy SEAL ever, were suicidal, went through this hyperbaric treatment, and now it's morning in America again for you. Talk a little bit about that. I'm ready. Um, yeah, I, I like like I said, I, I was in the teams. I was in the Navy SEAL teams, and uh, what I what I learned was I look back at my time in the in the service and and the executive level, the executive level of brain function that it took to do everyday tasks. I mean, that uh, things that were coming at me, I had to make decisions quick. I had to plan and execute. I had to do all these things. And then flash forward, all of a sudden, simple little things were very difficult for me. So I knew I had a problem. Um, as it turns out, uh, and, and I think in life we can all, uh, all agree that, hey, things kind of usually turn out. Um, I was fortunate enough to be introduced to um, a team over at the uh, hyperbaric, um, they call Healing with Hyperbarics in, in here in Fargo. It's a facility that's just in, in South Fargo. I went and I talked with an individual there, uh, just an incredible um, brain specialist. Her name's Daphne Denham. And she thought she could help me. And after just a few treatments, I started to, to kind of see, the best way I could describe it is just this fog suddenly was lifted. It's like I got to a point where I, I wasn't seeing things for what they were. I didn't, I wasn't able to prioritize. I wasn't, um, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't just, everyday things were very difficult. So um, being the, the individual I was, and, and you know, most vets who, who sign the, on, the, on the dotted line, these are, these are guys that, and girls that want to serve and, and serve something bigger than themselves. And all of a sudden, I wasn't serving. I wasn't doing anything. I was just trying to figure out how to stay alive. And, and once, the, once the kind of fog lifted and, and it, it, it brought me back to, you know what? I have a purpose. This, this life is not about me. It's about serving something bigger. And, and, and I'm back there now. And thanks to the group over there at the, uh, at the clinic, it, it's... They saved my life. They I mean, really do. It's, it's, it's hard to even fathom you just trying to survive, you know, getting the kind of vibe I get from you. So right now what you're doing now is you're working with, we've got Giving Hearts Day coming up on Thursday. Yes. Uh, the Healing Vets Initiative to help make an impact. So what is that exactly and how can people help out? All right, yeah, I'm working with North Dakota Medical Foundation. The Healing Vets Initiative, it is about, we want to do two things. Our, our goal is to let everyone understand what hyperbaric oxygen therapy or HBOT is what we refer to it as. We want to we want to let them know not only just veterans but the community mm. to know because I think it's part of our responsibility. I'm a member of the community. I'm a civilian now. It's part of our responsibility to help these guys. We got to let them know if they go off and, and they fight for our freedom and for our you know, democracy, that when they come back, they're not going to be forgotten. I mean, how are we going to get people to keep doing it? We might need more guys to do this and girls to do this in the future. So first thing is let them know that, hey, there's a way, there's a way that we can help our vets. And the other thing is by giving during Giving Hearts Day to the veterans, um, the, the Healing Vets Initiative, sorry, um, we are providing access for vets to receive the same treatment that I got at no cost to the vet. That's our goal. We wow. want to we want to try to raise enough money to um, our goal is to 25 vets, and that's about hundred thousand dollars is what we're is, is our goal. Um, 25. We'll start it there, and hopefully we'll keep going. And and, and it won't awesome. it won't end there. Thank you, man. It's great to see you. Just you know, back. It's just yeah. how you feel to me. So God bless you and your family. We appreciate it. Again, we want to remind you. 
givingheartsday.org. Coming up this Thursday, these people give so much for us. As you talked about him defending our freedoms, Giving Hearts Day on the 14th, this Thursday, the chance to give back to them. You can go there, you search uh, Healing Vets Initiative. That's right. Correct? Healing Vets Initiative, you can donate there, and that money will go to help our veterans coming back home.